Hello and good evening and welcome to another episode of Religion, Regimes and Refugees and their Multicultural Mess and Secular Scam. Thank you very much for joining me today. I um, um, I hope you had a great weekend, uh, a great time. I'm really honoured by your presence today and by you taking the time to uh, go through uh, my podcast. So we'll get right down to my podcast today. I did record something a little early on, but it did not go through very clearly. The recording was bad, so I'm doing this again. Um, and uh, I hope this is better. Uh, so yes, effectively, we're going to do something today that I was not supposed to do. Um, I was supposed to talk on the Constitution, which I was preparing for. Uh, but I saw something on YouTube about the Pope coming to Canada. And I just could not avoid having a word on it. So, uh, my friends, uh, we're talking about something very important. The Pope came to Canada today uh, to offer his apology and reconciliation with Canada's indigenous communities. Those are native Canadians. Uh, very, very important uh, for the residential school system for abuse, sexual abuse, gender abuse, um, um, abu- um, uh, genocide. That happened to the indigenous school uh, communities. Um, I cried, I cried, I cried, I cried because I could not take it anymore. It had to just come out. I was so ashamed. I was hurt by what happened. I was ashamed. I cannot say anything less than shame. Um, and my own trauma, my own journey, which sort of replicated this, except from the sexual abuse, everything else was the same. Um, it went on in the Indian subcontinent, but to have gone to it myself in, in another format, uh, it is horrendous. And uh, to just believe, think what the, the native Indians went through, uh, I cannot but say sorry. I am sorry for the past. As someone who is an ex-Christian, as someone who is an ex-Catholic, to hear about this abuse happening, uh, it is horrendous. And I... I uh, I, I sympathize and I apologize to the native Canadians um, for the trauma that they've gone through. I hope they heal. I hope um, their generations heal because they need to heal. And, and we as, as modern Canadians uh, will support them in all our effort. Um, but I, I cannot say anything but bow my head in shame for the atrocities committed in the residential school system. Uh, the Pope came to Canada today, like I said, to apologize for this. Uh, it is a step. It is one step. It is not everything. Rome was not built in a day, and we're not going to heal in one day. So it's important to understand that. But this is a first step in a long journey to heal. Healing has already begun, but this is a very, very important step. Apologies have been offered previously, but not in person. And the Pope coming to Canada today is is very very healing thank you very much for him but at the same time there's a lot to be done and by no means is this going to change history by no means it's going to keep our mouth shut uh we are going to talk about it we're going to talk about it in our homes what happened uh we have to discuss this because this is the same thing that happened in india uh and i'm going to read to you from a uh, website today the indigenous foundations of dot arts dot ubc dot ca it is posted on my facebook page religions regimes and refugees and i would love for you to please click on my facebook page and talk about it with your family your friends go to it because i'm going to read it for you 
So the residential school system in Canada, um, the terms terminology used over here are umbrella categories, umbrella terminology for multiple Aboriginal, Indigenous and Native peoples because we cannot take their names individually. We use an umbrella term called Indigenous people. So what are residential schools? The term residential schools refers to an extensive school system set up by the Canadian government and administered by churches that had the nominal objective of educating Indigenous children, but also more damaging and equally explicit objectives of indoctrinating them into Euro-Canadian and Christian ways of living and assimilating them into mainstream white Canadian society. The residential school system officially operated from 1880s into closing decades of the 20th century. The system forcibly separated children from their families for extended periods of time um, um, and forbade them to acknowledge their indigenous heritage, their culture, or to speak their own languages. Children were severely punished if these, among others, uh, former students of residential schools have spoken of horrendous abuse at the hands of residential school staff, physical, sexual, emotional, and psychological. Residential schools provided indigenous students with appropriate, inappropriate education, often only up to lower grades that focus mainly on prayer and manual labor in agriculture, light industries such as woodworking, and domestic work such as laundry or sewing. Residential school systems systematically undermine Indigenous First Nations, Métis, and Inuit cultures of Canada and disrupted families for generations, serving ties um, to which Indigenous culture is taught and sustained and contributing to a general loss of language and culture. Because they were removed from their families, many students grew up without experiencing nurturing family life and without knowledge and skills to raise their own families. The devastating effects of residential schools are far-reaching and continue to have a significant impact on indigenous communities. The residential school system is widely considered a form of genocide because of the purposeful attempt of the government and the church to eradicate all aspects of indigenous culture uh, and life worlds. From the 1990s onwards, the government and the church involved Anglican, Presbyterian, United Roman Catholic began to acknowledge their responsibility for an education system that was specifically designed to kill the Indian in the child. On June 11, 2008, the Canadian government issued a formal apology in Parliament for the damage done by the residential school system. In spite of this and other apologies, however, the effects remain. What led to the residential schools? The early origins of residential schools in Canada are found in the implementation of the mission system in the 1600s. The church and European settlers brought with them the assumption that their own civilization was the pinnacle of human achievement. They interpreted the social cultural differences between children, uh, between themselves and indigenous peoples as proof that the Canadian first inhabitants were ignorant, savage and like children in need of guidance. Uh, they felt the need to civilize indigenous people. Education, a federal responsibility, became primary means to this end. Canadian Minister John A. Macdonald commissioned journalist and politician 
Nicholas Flood Davin to study industrial schools for indigenous children in the United States. Davin's recommendation to follow the U.S. example of aggressive civilization led to public funding for the residential school system. If anything is to be done by the Indian, we must catch it when uh, catch him young. The children must be constantly within the circle of civilized conditions. Davin wrote in his 1879 a report on industrial schools for Indians and half-breeds. Um, in 1818, in the 1880s, in conjunction with the federal assimilation policies, the government began to establish residential schools across Canada. Authorities would frequently take children to schools far from their home communities. Uh, part of the strategy to alienate them from their families and familiar surroundings. In the 1920s, under the Indian Act, it became mandatory for every indigenous child to attend a residential school and illegal for them to attend any other educational institution. Living conditions of the residential schools. For the purpose of residential schools, sorry, the purpose of residential schools was to eliminate all aspects, aspects of indigenous culture. Students had their hair cut short, they were dressed in uniforms, they were often given numbers and their days were strictly regimented by timetables. Boys and girls were kept separate, and even siblings rarely interacted, further weakening family ties. Chief Bobby Joseph of the Indian Residential School Survivor Society recalls that, they, that he had no idea how to interact with girls and never even got to know his own sister, beyond a mere wave in the dining room. In, this, in, in addition, uh, students were strictly forbidden to speak languages, even though many children knew no other or to practice indigenous customs and traditions. Violations of these rules were severely uh, punished. Residential school students did not even receive the same education as general population in public school system, and the schools were solely underfunded. Teaching focused primarily on practical skills. Girls were primed for domestic service and taught to do laundry, sew, cook, and clean. Boys were taught carpentry, tinsmithing, and farming. Many students attended class part-time and worked for school and worked for the school uh, the rest of the time. Girls did housekeeping. Boys general boys general maintenance and agriculture. This work was involuntary and unpaid. Uh, was presented as practical training for students, but many of the residential schools could not run without it. So with little time spent in class, most students had only reached grade 5 by the time they were 18. At this point, students were sent away. Many were discouraged from pursuing further education. Abuse at schools was widespread. Emotional and psychological abuse was constant. Physical abuse was meted out as punishment, and sexual abuse was also common. Survivors recalled being beaten and strapped. Um, some students were shackled into their beds. Some were needed, had needles saw, shoved in their tongues for speaking their native languages. These abuses, along with overcrowding, poor sanitation, severely inadequate food and health care, these abuses, along with overcrowding, poor sanitation, sorry, severely inadequate food and health care, resulted in shockingly high death toll. In 1907, government uh, medical inspector reported that 24% of previously healthy indigenous children 
across Canada were dying in residential schools. This figure does not include children who died at home, um, where they were frequently sent then critically ill. Uh, the government reported that anywhere from 47% to 75% of students discharged from residential schools died shortly after returning home. The extent to which the Department of Affairs and Church officials knew about these abuse has been debated by some. However, the Royal Commission on Aboriginal Peoples and John Milloy, among others, concluded that the Church and the state officially were fully aware of the abuses and tragedies at their schools. Some inspectors and officials at the time expressed alarm at horrifying death rates. Yet those who spoke out and called for reform were generally met with silence and lack of support. The Department of Indian Affairs would promise to improve schools, but deplorable conditions persisted. Some former students were po have positive memories of their time in residential schools, and certainly some might have been treated with kindness by the priest and nuns who ran the schools as best they could be given uh, in the circumstances. But even these good uh, experiences occurred within a system aimed at destroying um, indigenous culture, assimilating indigenous students. The shift away from residential schools. Church and state officials of the 19th century believed that indigenous societies would disappear, uh, and that the only hope for indigenous people was to convert to Christianity and do away with cultures. Um, and some and become civilized British uh, subjects in short assimilate them. By the 1950s, the same officials were doubting the viability of such projects. The devastating effects of the residential schools and the need and life ex uh, experiences of indigenous students were becoming more widely recognized. The government also acknowledged that removing children from their families was severely detrimental to health of the individuals and the communities affected. In 1951, with the amendments of the Indian Act, the half-day school work system was progressively, progressively abandoned, conceding power to the provinces to apprehend children and transitioning from school system to child welfare system. That this time, it, it's reserved this time is referred to as a 60s scoop because of the systemic, uh, systematic removal of indigenous children from their families uh, without their consent and parental uh, authority. In the 1960s, the drastic overrepresentation of indigenous children in the welfare system consolidated, and authorities would constantly practice place indigenous children with other white middle class families in the attempt to. Acculturate them, acculturate them, sorry. This practice, as well as the overrepresentation of indigenous children in the child welfare systems, continues even today. In 1969, the Department of Indian Affairs took exclusive control of the system, marking an end to the church enrollment in residential schooling. Yet the schools remain underfunded and abuse continued, and many teachers and workers continue to lack proper credentials to crazy to carry out the responsibility. In the meanwhile, the government decided to phase out segregation and, and, became, and began incorporating indigenous students into public schools. Although these changes saw students reaching higher education levels of education, problems persisted. 
Many indigenous students struggle in their adjustment to public schools and a Eurocentric system where indigenous culture was excluded, fostering discrimination by the non-indigenous peers. Post-secondary education was strongly discouraged for indigenous students because they because those who wanted to attend university uh, would not be enfranchised. The process to phase out residential school system and other assimilation tactics was slow and not without reversals. The residential school system in Canada lasted officially almost 150 years and its impact continues even today, to, to this day. As mentioned, the system closure gave way to the 60s group during which thousands of indigenous children were abducted by social services and removed from their families. The scoop uh, spanned roughly two decades it took to phase out residential schools. But the child apprehensions from indigenous families continued to, dis to, dis uh, to occur in disproportionate numbers even today. In part, this is a legacy of compromised families and communities left by our residential school system. Starting in 1969, the residential schools in Canada began to decline in numbers. In the in 1970s, the Department of Indian Affairs calculated 56 remaining schools, excluding Northwest Territories. In 1980, uh, there were 16 uh, schools. One decade later, there was 11. In 1996, the last Gordon Reserve Indian Residential School in Saskatchewan, the last of its kind, was closed and demolished. By 1999, the Department of Indian Affairs registered no remaining residential school in operation. The residential school system is viewed by much as the Canadian public as their distant past. This is associated from today's events. In many ways, this is a misconception. The last residential school did not close its doors until 1996, and many of its leaders, teachers, parents, and grandparents of today's Indigenous communities are residential school survivors. Although residential schools have closed, their effects remain ongoing for both survivors and descendants who now share in the intergenerational effects of transmitted personal trauma and loss of language, culture, traditional teachings, mental and spiritual well-being. According to the report of Aboriginal Justice Inquiry Manitoba, several generations of Indigenous people were denied the development of parenting skills, not only through the removal of the communities and families, but also severe lack of attention paid to the issue of school officials. In addition, children were taught that their traditional ways were inferior, including their languages and cultures. The residential schools were operational through several generations of indigenous people, so to process, so the process of healing from these damages will also take several generations a process that has already begun, but has not been easy, nor has it been simple. The historic and intergenerational and collective oppression of indigenous people continues to this day in the form of land disputes, over-incarceration, lack of housing, child apprehension, systemic poverty, marginalization, violence against indigenous women, girls, and LGBTQ people, and other critical issues which neither began nor ended with residential schools. Uh, generations of oppressive government policies attempted to strip indigenous peoples um, of their identities, not only to residential schools, but also to other policies, including, but not limited to, the implementation of subsequent changes 
with the Indian Act. The mass removal of indigenous children from their families to child welfare system, known as the 60s group, and uh, the legislations allowing forced sterilization of indigenous people in certain provinces, a practice that has continued to be reported to indigenous women in Canada as recently as 2018, and currently through modern child welfare systems, uh, which continue to disproportionately apprehend indigenous children into foster care in what uh, Raven Sinclair has called the Millennium Group. In 2019, British Columbia ended its practice of birth alerts in child welfare cases, which allowed child welfare agencies and hospitals to flag mothers demand high risk without their consent, a practice with, with disproportionately targeted indigenous numbers and was found to be racist and discriminatory, and a gross violation of rights of the child, mother and community. One of the findings of the missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls report assert that Canadian state has used child welfare laws and agencies as a tool to oppress, displace, disrupt and destroy Indigenous uh, families, communities and nations. It is a tool in the genocide of Indigenous people. Child welfare and law agencies like the residential schools effectively aided in removal of Indigenous children from their families and continue to aid the genocide of indigenous people. Survivors demand justice. The residential schools heavily contributed to educational, social, financial and health disparities between indigenous people and the rest of Canada, and their impact has been intergenerational. Despite the efforts of the residential school system and those who created and maintained it, uh, indigenous people largely escaped complete assimilation and continue to work to regain what was lost, uh, while also seeking justice for many years of wrongdoing, including the Canadian government, the churches and the individual responsible, responsible for specific cases of abuse. It was not until the 1980s um, that the Canadian legal system began to respond to allegations of abuse brought forward by survivors, with fewer than 50 convictions coming out and more than 38,000 claims of sexual and physical abuse submitted to the independent adjudication process. Notable cases include, um, um, well, plenty, they've just maintained plenty, but I'm not going to go to it, but some cases included the government, against the government, the Anglican Church of Canada, both the Anglican Church and the government later admitted fault and agreed to a settlement, in 1995, 27 survivors from the Alberni uh, Indian Residential School filed charges of sexual abuse against Arthur Plint, uh, while also holding Canada and the United Church variously liable. In addition to convincing, convicting Plint, the court held the federal government and the United Church responsible for the wrongs committed. Meanwhile, the Royal Commission on Aboriginal Peoples had been interviewing individuals from indigenous communities, nations across Canada about their experiences. The Commission's report, published in 1996, brought unprecedented attention to the residential school system, many by non-indigenous Canadians and did not know about the chapter, this chapter in Canadian history. In 1998, based on the Commission's recommendations and considering the court cases, the Canadian government publicly apologized for the former students of of the physical and sexual abuse they suffered in residential schools. 
The Aboriginal Healing, Healing Foundation was established as a 350 million government plan to aid communities affected by residential schools. However, some indigenous people left felt that the government apology did not go far enough since it's addressed only the effects of physical and sexual abuse and not other damages control uh, caused by the residential school system. The St. George and Albany uh, suit set a precedent for future cases that the churches and the government of Canada could, sue, uh, could be sued as an entity. As the number of cases grew, the national class action was filed in 2002 for compensation for all former Indian residential school survivors and family members in Canada. In 2005, Canada and nearly 80,000 survivors reached the Indian Residential School Settlement Agreement in which Canada committed to individual compensation of survivors, additional funding for Aboriginal Healing Foundation and the creation of Truth and Reconciliation Commission. In September 2007, with the settlement being put into action, the Canadian government made a motion to issue formal apology. The motion passed unanimously. On June 11, 2008, the House of Commons gathered in a solemn ceremony to publicly apologize for the government's involvement in the residential school system and acknowledge the widespread impact the system has had among Indigenous people. You can read the official statement and responses by the Indigenous organizations here, sorry, on, on the website. The apology was broadcast live across Canada. Uh, former Canadian Prime Minister Stephen Harper issued a statement of apology to former students of Indian residential schools, noting that the government of Canada now recognizes that it was wrong to forcibly remove children from their homes, and we apologize for having doing this. We now recognize that it was wrong to separate children from rich and vibrant cultures, traditions, and it created a void in many lives and communities, and we apologize for having done this. Uh, the federal government's apology was met with a range of responses. Some felt that it was marked a new era in the positive government, federal government, indigenous relations based on mutual respect, while many others felt that the apology was merely symbolic and doubted that it would ever change the government's relationship with indigenous people. Although apologies and acknowledgements made by governments and churches are important steps forward in reconciliation, indigenous leaders have argued that such gestures are not enough and providing opportunities for survivors to talk about their experience and move forward to create a positive future for themselves, their families and their communities. The Indian Residential School Survivor Society was formed in 1994 by the First Nations Summit. Uh, by British Columbia and was officially incorporated in 2002 to provide support for survivors, communities in provinces through, throughout the healing process and to educate the broader public. The Survivor Society provides crisis counselling, referring referrals and healing initiatives as well as acting uh, as a resource for information, research, training and workshops. It was clear that a similar organisation was needed at national level and, and in 2005, the National Residential School Survivors was incorporated. My friends, this that I read out to you, um, you have, um, you can go onto my website and, and click on the link, and you'll have the indigenousfoundations.arts.ubc.ca. Um, yes. Uh, 
absolutely um, and, and you can absolutely use this, uh, should I say use this, depending on, on what you consider as use or if the site allows you, but please go to it. There's a lot of information on this site. Um, it's about the residential school system in Canada. And the Pope is in, in Canada today to apologize for the residential school system. Uh, in a large part, that was run by the Catholic Association Churches of Canada. Uh, it is very, very shameful. Um, it is horrendous. It is disgusting. Uh, I'm ashamed as an ex-Catholic. Uh, look, I am not only ashamed. I am. I was crying uh, and crying and crying. I was mowing the lawn today and I was crying because I couldn't take it. In part, this was my childhood. Besides the sexual uh, um, genocide, sexual harassment, um, I went through a lot of this. And to think that... Well, the church, the church never changed. Um, it used the distance between the people and the ability not to contact each other, the ability not to to speak to each other, the knowledge, the silence, uh, the divide and rule, uh, and they kept us locked in these ghettos, and and, and keeping us locked in these ghettos, uh, intellectual ghettos. Um, ideological ghettos. They continued the abuse on in different on different continents, and namely um, in in India too. Um, and this is a lot what we've gone through. It is important to to note that this is a lot of this is very important. Um, yeah, um, it is it is important to state this. It's important to note this. Uh, because it hurts very, very, very badly. Um, I am ashamed completely, and I, and I do need to say to the Aboriginal people of Canada, I apologize. I acknowledge your past. I acknowledge your history. Um, I am sorry for the crimes committed upon humanity, uh, upon humanity, upon you, and history will tell the tale, but I hope you heal, and I hope your people and your descendants heal, and I wish you... I, I wish you all the happiness, success, and, 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 and resurrection to a better life in the generations to come. Uh, we have a lot to heal from you, a lot to hear from you, we have a lot to learn from you, and your story uh, vibrates all across the planet because this did not only happen to you, and we learn from your courage that you have used and, and, and stood up because there are a lot of people who went through similar abuses but have not been able to stand up, have not been able to have that voice, but you have, and your courage and your perseverance is very important for us to find courage in our own lives and our own journey to stand up against this, the establishment and the um, indignation, the repression um, of our societies by uh, religious institutions, uh, out of which the Abrahamic groups, specifically the Christian societies and the Islamic societies, um, on the Indian subcontinent, which caused us all these problems. Um, and even going back other groups, uh, whether religious or whether feudal or whether um, of any type of power-centric group. So, um, 
yes, effectively, this is what we have, what we need to talk about. I wish that you would take this into your homes, into your families, into your friend circle, into your WhatsApp groups, into your social media groups, schools, universities, places of work. Talk to five people, have this conversation, share the link with them, and I, I join my hands to you to please spread this information. Um, and, and keep asking them to share with another, other groups, their groups, five groups among themselves. Um, the, the link is on my Facebook page and it is important to speak about this, understand this, because this is exactly what happened on the Indian subcontinent. It was not just for 150 years or 400 years. This has been going on ever since the Abrahamic groups stepped, put their foot on the Indian subcontinent. Uh, this is not an ideology of, um, of white people. This is uh, or people. This is an ideology. This is not a people. This is a very uh, power-centric ideology, which all groups do. All power-centric groups do. Uh, it's very important to understand. All feudal empires do. We've done that across the board. Um, our feudal empires uh, across the board, from time immemorial, have done this. It's important to speak about this, call this out. Um, and, and, and states crumble because of this, because of the indignation, repression, and silence uh, that goes on, and the states crumble. And so it's important to heal, and, and uh, if you want your state to continue and not have a revolution, because this is very hard to take. Um, yes, absolutely. And, um, and to understand that this is still going on today in the Indian subcon. It is going on today. There is nothing to stop it. And the Abrahamic groups, the... Um, Abrahamic groups are, are systematically doing everything in their power to make sure that we do not acknowledge this on the Indian subcontinent. Not only do we not acknowledge it, we have to take, we have to become the garbage bin to take over all their atrocities as Hindic atrocities, but they are not Hindic atrocities uh, from caste to Dalit. These are Abrahamic atrocities. Um, these are Abrahamic ignorance and arrogance of their supremacy. All of this has been dumped on the Indian subcontinent because we never submitted to them, because they could never colonize us by like the rest of South America, the rest of Africa, the rest of North America, Asia. We never submitted, never subjugated. They are taking out their anger on us by calling us fascists today. But we are not. The three fingers of pointing to, to the Indian subcontinent is actually pointing to them. Um, their insistence that we continue subjugating, refusing to take acknowledgement of their crimes upon, upon humanity, trying to show that, oh, they are the victims because they are minorities. They are not. They ruled the Indian subcontinent for so long that their Abrahamic mentality is now becoming Hindi. So our Hindi uh, um, civilization has got an Abrahamic uh, colonization um, mindset and the Abrahamic occupation of our mind is what is driving us up the wall and, and, and systemically to go out of control, very much like the descendants of the Indian residential schools. We have lost touch with our civilization. We have lost touch with our, with our roots. We have lost touch with our history. We have been systemically kept away from the knowledge of our ancestors um, 
and this is very very important to understand that because the trials the tribulations the knowledge of our ancestors have been has been lost and being and being tried systematically tried to be repressed so that we become like the natives of canada and the united states and we slowly weaned out the civilization comes to a halt while uh, the abrahamic invaders take uh, take uh, uh, you know take root uh, of the indian subcontinent they divide it into pieces and just like they've done to other communities it, so it is important to get the knowledge important to understand the atwa all that lies in between the layers and the layers and the layers of history and knowledge uh, the atrocities committed whether on the Indian subcontinent by whoever, whichever group, and outside the Indian subcontinent, and to go from there, it's very, very important. And um, to talk about this with your friends. So uh, yes, the Pope came today to Canada uh, to apologize for the crimes of the of the residential school system. But it's also important to say that the two main massive groups, that is Christianity and Islam have have wreaked havoc in civilization they have colonized and have committed crimes upon humanity and it's time to ask both of them to apologize uh both christian groups of both uh christianity and their various denominations and as well as uh islam and their various denominations have to apologize to humanity for the crimes they've committed they are not religions they are absolutely um feudal empires and they have offloaded their baggage their ignorance and arrogance and their um and their culture upon everyone else subjugated us and have done have done and is still doing everything to object us and subjugate us repress us to completely submit to their supremacy uh by pretending to be victims by pretending to be minorities but in reality they consider everyone who does not submit to them as savages and that is why they have doing they are um they are calling uh, the indian subcontinent the hindus fascist so um the only three fingers unfortunately are pointing back at them so it's important for you to understand this this phenomenon it's important for you to understand this journey this junction please spread it with your friends uh and say a prayer and say anything you want to send the native canadians uh off this land um your spirit your your support uh your time and to say to pass a, f a few words of comfort to them because they're really hurting they need your help and they need you to send them as much as positive energy as possible. Thank you very, very uh, much. I really appreciate your time. I wish you peace, healing, and um, a great week ahead. Thank you so much.